System booting up. You are using the Two Dudes operating system. This technology is intended for mature users. Any action fabricated by the coders does not affect the Prime Software Directive. Now launching the Double Feature Program. Welcome everyone to Two Dudes One Double Feature, and it sucks to start off this show with uh, some unfortunate news. But um, by now, you've obviously you've heard about it. But as of this recording, it's still very fresh. the The loss of Chadwick Boseman, um, like the guy was. I mean, there's no question. The guy was a hero with just like he was a, he was a hero he was an icon with uh not just his work but how he represented himself and how he wanted to represent others uh on screen and just even just the fact that you know he was diagnosed with cancer in 2016 and then continued in his in his career playing Black Panther and and all the other roles that he had played since and uh, being especially for kids, being a symbol of of hope and 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 pride, and you know, with everything else going on in the world, like the, he's definitely one of the last people that we should have lost, and it's it's incredibly heartbreaking, and it's it's hard to really put into words. Really, um, you don't you don't think about like these like these superhero actors or even just actors in general who especially actors who are that seem like they were just about to like really go for it like you know he was clearly building up this amazing uh you know filmography and to 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 see what he could have done going forward like it's there's it's nothing short of tragic and um we we have and at the top of this we wanted to say something um he will definitely be missed and condolences to his family friends and everyone else um it's it's this is a tough one yeah this was a um, i mean any any time that you know because we're huge superhero fans and we watch a lot of these movies so like a- any sort of death is hard to take but when it's somebody you you look at on screen and you you appeared so strong you know and it, really just an incredible warrior on screen, but also especially off screen, given his battle with cancer, you know all of the the amazing things, wonderful things he, um, Mr. Bozeman did. Uh, it it really he he already left a legacy like before, but now everything that he has done is just that much more more profound. I mean, I I watch was watching Black Panther the other day, and any of the scenes where he's in in the the spirit world. They really do take on a whole new meaning. They 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 resonate so much. You're you're completely right. Just um just seeing him, it's 
it just feels so different now. Um, and even just like the way his colleagues and his and his co-stars described him, like it seemed like he was T'Challa. Like he had this like regal, like even just like from a fan perspective, seeing him on like red carpets and going to premieres, he had like a regal sense about him, but clearly like a sense of humbleness and kindness. This is this is like I said, this is definitely a tough one, and I don't know, like it's it's hard, it's hard to talk about, really, admittedly. It and it's also hard too because you you just would have figured I, I would get decades more like stories, right? Yeah, from, from him, you know. I mean, I, I think about obviously Black Panther's the big one, but you think about Forty Two, was it Get on Get on up, Thurgood Marshall. Yeah, I played play Thurgood Marshall, and I, I still need to watch uh, *The Five Bloods*. Defi- oh yeah, I really want to see that. Um, so we definitely gotta gotta check that out at some point. But ultimately, you know, again, again for us, you know, it, it's it's really tragic. But I am thinking about this the people people around the world who really did connect with you know with Chadwick Boseman with the story of T'Challa and all of that, and especially the the kids too. I think about. The, the children and I think about kids where this might be like they're the first like celebrity death that affects a lot of young people oh without a doubt yeah you know so definitely think about them like seeing those images I don't know if you've seen them but like seeing the pictures on Facebook of uh, those kids kind of having like a like a, like a little memorial or like something with like mm. all their uh Avengers figures surrounding uh black panther and them doing wakanda forever like it's it's incredibly like it's it's emotional absolutely one 100 you know um so yeah it's, it's tough just, it really is i i i still don't like it's one of those things where i'm like it, that can't just that can't be but it's it is it is and um definitely definitely thoughts and prayers go out to um Bozeman Mr. Bozeman's loved ones uh may he rest in peace may he rest in peace moving forward just kind of shaking that off a little bit um how are you dude too <laughs> uh you know aside from aside from what we just talked about I, I I can't complain honestly I'm going back to work uh tomorrow so you know there's a little bit of uh you know, anxiousness about that, mm-hmm. just, you know, trying to get that, get myself prepared, but also just, it, it'll, it'll be nice on an, on another level to, you know, actually, re, you know, report to work, which is good, but we'll see how that goes, you know, I, of course, bringing my, my face shield, goggles, gla- you know, gl- sunglasses, mask to really just, you know, double down on, on the, on the protection of, of myself and, um, uh, and, and all, and all that. Um, and other than that, I, I've actually been watch rewatching this really old, uh, series called hundred years of horror. It's on Amazon prime and it was hosted by, uh, the late great Christopher Lee. Beautiful. And <laughs> it's just like a lot of it is just like horror trailers that he talks over and they, there's like, they're like 25 minute episodes <laughs> You know, it's actually kind of fun to just like it, it makes me feel like I'm watching like a like an old VHS tape because the quality is atrocious <laughs> and just the audio is bad. But it's it's just like it's really, uh, it's really a lot of fun watching him uh, talk about a lot of those movies. They get some interviews with people, 
you know, so they, and they have like a, a category for each thing. Like they got like a vampire episode, a witch's episode. They got like a mutants episode, a dinosaur episode, you know. Uh, so that's that's really what's been on my honestly after the show I'm just probably just gonna pop that on my wallet. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, but but how how is dude one? Well, admittedly, I I mean I'm good now, but admittedly I could be better. Like you said, you were starting up work. I already started up going back to work. I'll admit I was I've been afraid of that idea of going back to work, especially when things are still as bad as they are, and. Um, going back, I, I'm, I'm, I guess without going too much into it, I, I just want to say I'm trying to work through it. And admittedly, it is nice to see like coworkers I haven't seen in five months and, and managers and everybody. Um, and it's, and people are being respectful of, of how I'm, you know, as I'm sure I'm, they're going through their own things, but you know, it's nice that, you know, we're all kind of in the same page and just trying to stay away from each other. That's good accommodate and everything so i i am very appreciative of that and i know some of them listen to this or at least they like the social media pages so i do want to tell them thank you for at least accommodating Mm -hmm. but that's all i really want to say because if i go too much into it it's gonna it's gonna be a horror show i think (laughs) yeah let's Um, uh let's avoid that yeah so i'm just gonna i'm just gonna just be like thank i'm just gonna be it's nice to see people I will say, side note, um, before I went back to work, I don't know if I mentioned this, but I, I, I took a coronavirus test. That's right, you did do that. I'll say this much. For those of you who um, might be a little bit nervous or afraid about getting that kind of test because of maybe what you've heard on social media, it's uncomfortable. I won't deny that. But it is. I think it is necessary to at least get tested to some degree, regardless of like the flaws, because like they're not perfect right now. But it's, I think it is necessary. I'll just let you know, maybe, depending on who you are, for like a short while, you're going to just have some like uncomfortable pain in your own head for for a good amount of time. It's definitely weird, but, you know, the, the doctor who did it, uh, she was gentle. She, you know, she it was only like 10 seconds. It was really fast. So, and I had to do that before I went to work because I've been really congested and had a runny nose mm-hmm. pretty much this whole pandemic. And that's a symptom now. But um, thankfully, I'm also uh, incredibly allergic to a lot of things, and I'm in my house a lot. So that's, you know, thankfully, that's what's been going on. Um, So I figured I'd mention that real quick, since I didn't mention it last uh, episode. On a much more positive note, I watched a movie. This isn't one of our double features, but I watched a movie that I've been excited to see for years, and that is Bill and Ted Face the Music. Mm. And listen, like, I'll admit right off the bat it's not a perfect movie it's kind of a mess it just kind of abruptly ends but without a doubt this is this movie has been a movie i've been wanting for years and they and they deliver on pretty much every other front it's so sweet it's so heartwarming it's so adorable the music is fantastic the music is like there's like there's this song that they play at the end of the movie uh, that's like like a unite the world kind of song. Like I've been listening to that, and it's just so uplifting to listen to that song, especially these days. So it's nice to have this movie. It's nice, uh, especially these days, to have uh, something that feels so hopeful and so heartwarming. And I missed Bill and Ted, and even if they are 30 years older than the last time we saw them, Keanu Reeves and Alex Winter are still as amazing as ever in those roles. So that was a nice experience. Yeah, I've only ever seen the the first one and it was a long time ago 
But it is nice to be hearing what seems to be generally positive reviews for this one, because anytime you do a sequel, especially one that, that they make like a long time after the last one, you get worried. You do, you do. But I would say the be- the big thing is that the fans have been the massive driving force. Like people talk about like all these different groups of like fans, like Toxic or whatever, like Snyder fans or Star Wars fans. But as far as the fans that have been wanting this, like there's just been nothing but support for the creators and for Keanu and, and Alex to come back and play those roles and just and just wanting wanting to see like like some kind maybe like not even a conclusion, just seeing a continuation. But um, I think they ended it on such a high note, and it, it like it is a Bill and Ted movie, good and bad. It's it's just so much fun, and like flaws be damned, like I I cried at the end of this movie <laughs> just from just the sheer like joy and heartwarming uh, feeling that you get listening to it. Mm-hmm. And if and if you're and if you're gonna and if anyone is gonna li- watch this, stay till after the credits because there's a really a really genuinely like beautiful moment at the end. All right, that's that's good to know. I saw them; they had them on Vudu for like thirty-five bucks, the three movies, and I'm like, you know what? I might I might take uh, the plunge one of these days when I'm not editing these episodes. Listen, you let me know if you do that, and we'll watch them. I will say, like I talked about in previous episode, that, uh, some aspects have aged a little bit. Yeah, and should maybe should have just not been in those movies, but at the very least, um, they're just super fun it's and it's funny too like when uh i was watching kevin smith do his comic-con at home thing he kind of described it really great um especially because bill and ted's associated with all the other dynamic duos that we've that we've kind of grown up with that are a lot more r-rated bill and ted's very user-friendly and i like the way he described it like that Mm -hmm. like they are very like family oriented it's worth a watch just to just to like have a good time here's my question though does keanu reeves get into a relationship with his operating system voiced by black widow uh maybe in some movie <laughs> not in bill and ted but i mean i guess would, would the matrix count <laughs> like is well well i guess maybe not because trinity's a real person but in the matrix he falls in love with her and she's not real there i don't know <laughs> there's a lot well, of technicalities I, was actually, there. I didn't even think about i didn't even think about that holy cow <laughs> <laughs> but uh no nice segue though into our first double feature but before we get into that i want to say this is our very first fan suggested well i mean she's really a friend of ours but fan suggested double feature it is our first fans <laughs> it is our first fan suggested uh, <laughs> double feature shout out to uh allison not my girlfriend allison this is another friend of ours allison Another friend of ours, Allison, Allison, uh, suggested, she, she made like a list of, uh, different double feature suggestions. And this is the one that kind of struck out to us as one we would definitely want to do. So, uh, thank you, Allison, for that. Thank you, Allie. We love you. And, uh, this, this episode, while it's for everybody, we also dedicate it to you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so our first film that we're going to discuss today is the 2013 Spike Jones film, her her what just her her what i don't know dude that, that's what i hate about these titles it's just like <laughs> the, the, it, it's just like it, it tells me nothing okay there's a lady in it fine whatever <laughs> anything else <laughs> her who <laughs> who's her no it is a very simple t- well, you know what hey i i 
I don't know what to say. (laughs) I was going to try to think of something. I got nothing. So basically, if you've never seen this movie, it's it's from 2013, like I I said before. And it's, I would say it's sort of an unconventional love story between uh, sort of, I I would say, an antisocial. Would that be the correct phrasing on that? Or I would say he's more like kind of lovesick, like broken hearted. But like he is like I think I think he became antisocial based on his his like broken heartedness. So like a more like a broken hearted dude, Arthur Fleck. <laughs> <laughs> so in this pastel colored Joker movie, we have Joaquin Phoenix isolated, lo- bit lonesome. He gets into a relationship with his operating system, Samantha, voiced by Scarlett Johansson. When we say he gets in a relationship, like, this is full-on, like, this isn't, like, some, like, you know, you know, she becomes, like, a, there's, like, a virtual, like, reality version of her or anything. Like, no, this is, like, genuinely, he has, like, a little, like, cell phone thing or, like, a like a little pocketbook thing in his pocket uh, with a camera on it that he walks around with and he interacts with, uh, with just her voice, and that's it. It's, uh, yeah, like you said, it's unconventional. I It's... But you know what? We're experts in unconventional romances at this point, right? We did a whole episode about it. That we did. That that we did. But I feel like even with those, you at least have some sort of, you know, bo- body that's consistently involved. You know, it takes... <laughs> Somebody. Whereas... Somebody to love. Whereas, you know, it, th- there's... Like, some stuff is just left to the imagination. You know, there's a, a scene that I'm just going to get this out of the way. You know, there, there's a scene where 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 they sort they sort of get into it. They get jiggy with it, as the as the kids might say these days. Probably you not mean these sex. Days. Yeah, I mean sex. Just say sex. It's fine. <laughs> they, they get they he's, they, he's, they do the thing, and you know it, the, the, <laughs> it's just dark, and you just hear them. You know. You just hear them moaning and all that. When we were watching that, and like you're you're in your living room, and that was going on, I was like, I wonder, I wonder what people are hearing that are just going like, what is he watching? They're so <laughs> into their own world. Like my brother's playing video games. My mom's probably watching like Perry Mason or something like that. So, I mean, aren't there scenes in Perry Mason like that where they just turn the lights off and you just hear Perry Mason just going, uh? I don't know, but she's <laughs> my mom's in her home world. God bless her. They get into it with that, and it get it gets to a point where she wants to be even more physical, despite the fact that she is only an operating system. It, 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 I I was thinking about this when I first saw Blade Runner twenty forty nine, but her is kind of like it feels like the hipster version of that. Where <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's kind of I mean, admittedly, that's kind of just like Spike Jones shtick. I feel like is like the hipster version of other movies. <laughs> I mean, obviously, even though 2049 came out after her, but, like, the like the scene in 2049 where you have, you know, Joy and, like, the uh, the other lady, and they're, they're about to do it with um, Ryan Gosling. Yeah. There's a scene like that in her where, you know, there's a, another person who isn't, like, a sex worker or whatever that wants to just be involved in the relationship. Mm-hmm. Almost as, like, a sur- surrogate for you know, Samantha having a body because throughout the movie, Samantha's just like, Oh, I want a bo- I want a body or, you know, I want to be able to feel these sensations. 
that's a struggle for her character the whole time. Yeah. It's just that she's just a voice. And she's, you know, it's like one of her insecurities. And that's what I love about a lot of movies like this is that even though you just look at the premise and it's very kind of, it is different. Obviously, I, I don't want to say it's weird. I mean, it is weird, but it's just very different, really. Mm-hmm. But the way Spike Jones plays it off is he plays it off like like a like very much like a like a very honest romance story. And so, like you know, he looks at it and says, "Okay, well, if that's how we're going to do this, you know, with the operating system, we need to develop Sam- Samantha as a character. So, how are we going to, you know, what would be some of her insecurities? Well, you know, she doesn't have a body, so that's something that." she has to like deal with for time to time and on top of that she's also a processing system that works significantly faster than the human mind so that's something she deals with as well and something that maybe she even like you know caves into every now and then does and makes and maybe makes decisions that affect the relationship and so i just i I guess i appreciated not only just the honesty of the romance but also just um how how well they executed everything given the premise that it just felt like an authentic relationship yeah i mean it it really does feel like a love story despite the fact that it's joaquin phoenix and his his very advanced siri basically listen my siri i i I talk to her sometimes i'll be like so what's going on how's your day (laughs) i feel very uncomfortable about this (laughs) like no, she, sometimes she'll be like, I can't answer that. And I'll be like, okay. Okay. She shuts it down fast. Siri's just like, no. One thing I was thinking about in this viewing of the movie, because I haven't seen this, honestly, in probably like five years. Neither have I. Like, it's been a while. I think that was the second time I've ever watched it. Yeah. The the thing I was thinking about was like the sort of the parallels between Theodore, the Joaquin Phoenix's uh, character, his relationship with Samantha, but also his relationship with his divorced um his, his divorced wife played by Rooney Mara, how it both, it kind of feels like sometimes having a relationship where, you know, at first you, you feel like you're, there's so much connection, but you do, you can't like drift off. And in cases you might progress, I don't want to say progress past that person, but you might get to a point where it, it feels limiting. Your paths you know. split. Like there's a fork in the road kind yeah. of thing. And like at first, at first, like they like Rooney Mara needed Theodore and Samantha needed Theodore, but at, at a certain point, you know, at the end of the movie, spoilers, like that, it doesn't end up with them with him getting married to his operating system. I'll say that much. No, though you know what? I hope there's an alternate cut where <laughs> where the, we get that ending because that would be interesting to see. I just want to see a little veil on the little phone in his pocket. (laughs) (laughs) A little flower girl robot. Just, it's just, it's not even a robot, just an arm in a basket. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I would totally be okay with that. But I I also think too, like speaking of Joaquin Phoenix, I think he was the perfect choice for this role. It definitely is in his wheelhouse of these kind of like somewhat different that's kind of what i loved i love about a lot of his movies is that they are just somewhat different than like they keep the conventions of a lot of like stories but they switch it up a little bit um to make it more interesting and 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 obviously him himself uh he's not a conventional actor and so and his perform like his performance in the movie is is tremendous honestly and it's like it's funny but it's also like sweet 
like I felt like Chris Pratt this whole time, just like swooning over him, because like every time, like 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 Chris Pratt would just periodically show up and just go, "That's beautiful, man." <laughs> <laughs> like yes, I feel the same way. Pre Guardians of the Galaxy and Jurassic World, Chris Pratt. That's tw- this was twenty thirteen. This is crazy. Like the actor, it's funny too because like we were we were um we were watching this. And we're like, wow, Amy Adams is in this. Chris Pratt is in this. Girl. Like two Marvel actors, two DC actors. Yeah, world's in harmony right now, man. Absolutely. But there there is one thing I have to bring up as far as actors, just real quick. Uh, the dude who who is like Amy Adams' like partner in this movie also appeared in another of our double features. That's right. And you know what? I watched that last night. With my family after we watched uh, Paddington 2, for like the, at least for me, for like the hundredth time. It's uh, the guy that plays the reverse Flash is back in two dudes, one double feature land. <laughs> 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 and he he's so different in this movie, too. Like, like I'm used to him being a villain. Yeah, I was looking at him because he looks way different. He's got like the pant, the pants like high up. Oh, those pants! And you're like Joe. You know who that is? And I'm like, no way. He looks like he looks like he'd be a great Ichabod Crane in a movie. <laughs> he does. Oh, it is. He's got like this comb over thing or something, and he's uh, he he just, he just looks so different. Yeah. And I was like, did we find like, did we just find like a secret great actor that we just like never thought about? Like he just like shows up and things. We're like, wow, he's transformed. <laughs> he's so different every single time. Whether he's got severed heads in jars, or <laughs> or he's dating Amy Adams, or he's beating up Grant Gustin. Like I, I applaud this guy. Absolutely. What's his name? What's uh, his actual name? His name is matt letcher matt letcher Letcher. we need to get him on the show if we ever interview people we need to get him on the show should be our our (laughs) first um our first our first guest you know what else i like about i liked about this movie too was that even like the the smaller characters there was like a significant more significant like impact like olivia wilde is in the movie for probably less than five minutes but she is incredible uh, in the short time that she's on screen. Oh no, she's so good. I also w- w- about this world. I like that it does. It, it isn't like it feels like it's a plausible reality, but it feels like dis- uh, a bit distinct from ours a little bit. But it's not like in a radical way. Yeah, I kind of like when like movies do that future storyline. And the city that they live, like, obviously there's there's uh, those classic movies where the cities are just elaborate and, like, you know, like a fantasy, like, what would it look like in the year 3000? Or what would it look like in the year 2725 or whatever? Um, those are all fun, but, you know, it is nice when you see, like, a futuristic kind of movie, especially because, like, we live in 2020, and I'm pretty sure at some point... And like a lot of movies, especially a lot of movies in the eighties, they thought there would be flying cars. You know, I think of like Blade Runner mm. and like that's set in twenty nineteen. Right. Or like Back to the Future, twenty fifteen, we were supposed to have flying cars and like I'm still waiting for my three D virtual reality Max Spielberg directed Jaws movie. Mm. Where is that? Where where is that Jaws movie? <laughs> <laughs> I'm still looking for it. Uh, you're, you're probably gonna be looking for a very very long time. Ugh. But even though that the the relationship doesn't work out in this movie, it's not like it's like a a, a downer ending. Like I I still feel pretty good at the end. I think that's the 
I think that's the ultimate, like we were saying with Shape of Water, that's the ultimate testament of, of romance is when you want to find somebody to, to share your life with, regardless of where it ends, if that person makes you a better person, that's the ultimate thing. You want to find somebody that not only do you love, but someone that makes you better. Not And not the type of person that will like do it and like tries to change you intentionally, but someone that just changes you with their heart. Right. And like, like shows, it like shows you through the through the relationship the potential you have to be that much better of a person, and that that's just that's just you know amazing, and I think the movie really portrays that well, and you because know, you really and you really see how Theodore's character kind of goes from like I said like like we were saying this kind of isolated, you know, heartbroken character to at the end of the movie being more open and honest and and almost happier really just happier for having had the experience that he had with Samantha. Yeah, abs- um, absolutely. And can we just say how, how amazing, like, you know, we talked about like some of the, like how amazing is Scarlett Johansson? I've seen people just like down voice acting, just like it's not real acting all the time. And I honestly think her is a prime example of why voice acting is just as impactful and important as if you were in front of a camera. Yeah, she is like the the co-lead in this movie. Though it's interesting because she was not the original voice of Samantha. They actually had another voice, uh Samantha Morton is the actress's name, who actually was on set with Joaquin Phoenix at times as well to give him something to re- refer to, you know, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, just something to work with and in post-production they just they changed it and she's still credited on the movie as an associate producer. But it is interesting to note that Scarlett Johansson, it's hard for me to imagine this movie without her voice, and yet she was not the original voice. Yeah, that is interesting. I remember you telling me that, and I was like, wow, I didn't I didn't know that, actually. Is that is that why she's Samantha, or was that something in the script? That was that was my, my thinking, too. I'm, I'm not quite sure, um, but it, it, would, it would actually be kind of interesting if that was just the reason, just because, just to make it, you know seem more work better better. i I don't know but again yeah something but i i thought that too i was like huh but no i think scarlet's i mean just aside from the fact that scarlett johansson just has a sexy voice but just also just her performance and her um like like the emotion in her voice and how she just you again just using her voice is able to exude all the emotions that she does so wonderfully in her performance and uh, again, like I said, it's one of those performances that really does remind you how impactful someone's voice can be. Scarlett has a distinct voice, like I said, and she's like uh, I'm like it's one of my favorite performances from her. And she's not even in the movie physically, but like the vo- the vocal performance is astounding. No, she's she's incredible. My my biggest takeaway from this movie, though, is. Oh my god! Is Chris Pratt? I know where this Chris is Pratt's going. character likes feet. Oh my god! <laughs> uh. <laughs> you know, you know. On this note, I will say one thing. As far as our friendship is concerned, I've always been the more like kind of, I guess, immature, silly one, <laughs> just like making like jokes that you would just go, "There he goes again." <laughs> but it's nice every now and then when there's a reversal, and it's the same reaction, <laughs> and I'm just like. Oh my god, that's his takeaway. See, that's that's how I feel <laughs> on a regular basis with you. This is my vengeance. But actually, it's actually really funny because if you go to our letterboxes, which are in, in the description or whatever, 
um, his review is actually really well thought out, really nice, and it's it's a nice like sort of <laughs> thing that reflects like Theodore's job, who's like like a professional letter writer, whereas mine is just like Chris Pratt likes feet. <laughs> <laughs> it's oh my god it's nice to, it's nice to have the switch up every now and then it is just like yeah <laughs> oh my goodness oh he does he does have a push finish though just put he does like it's a small moment but he does like have a thing for his his girlfriend's feet yeah that's how you could tell this was made before um guardians of the galaxy and jurassic world <laughs> yeah. Uh, but important on on that note, it's important to realize too that this was a best picture nominee and won the best original screenplay award at the Oscars. Did I totally? And the thing is, I totally forgot about that till you mentioned. It. I was like, oh my god, yeah, that's totally true. And you can kind of see why, like you just you, like the way that Spike Jones wrote the script. Like it's a really good script. It re- it's it's I love the script. It's uh, just the dialogue, the writing, the. Like I was saying, the honesty of the portrayal of the romance, like it's really well done. Yeah, it's it definitely was one of those uh, where I was very happy to see it win that original screenplay award uh, back at that uh, particular Academy Awards ceremony. Um, but her, I, I think, it, like you said, it's a it's a really well crafted romance, especially for our time. You know, as far as like technology and the the one thing I was thinking about though. Uh, with this movie was the uh, there was like a giant landline phone, and I was imagining if like a young yes. person saw that they would they'd be like, "Is that a banana with buttons? <laughs> Who ventilated that banana? <laughs> Is this to get more potassium? What's going on?" <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Um, I am glad. You know what, Allie? I'm glad you suggested this because I hadn't seen this in a while, and I re- and I remembered why I liked this movie. And the double feature fun continues after our brief, brief intermission where we talk about our second film, which involves technology, but it's quite different. Stay tuned. again folks although i don't think it's audible enough for me to amplify it like i did last time uh, <laughs> oh no i i'm trying not to notice it but it's it's still funny and i'm glad you do it so that we can sync things up but it's just it's funny dude when we when, when you press record it was slightly delayed so i had to like compensate for that somehow <laughs> i just I, oh i love it i love it <laughs> anyways welcome back to two dudes one double feature and uh in our last segment we talked about her you know the movie you know not it's not an incomplete sentence it, that's just what it's called and for this one um we we're talking about another 
artificial intelligence uh i guess kind of a bit like there's a bit of a romance there but this is this is very it's a very different uh toned movie is very dark sinister cynical one could say we are talking of course about the 2014 alex garland written and directed a24 film ex machina is it like like your ex or is it like a machine it's hers is it both like it's hers okay. it's hers <laughs> I'm gonna. We're gonna say it right now. This is an A24 movie, and I think this is our first A24 film that we've talked about on this program. I think we need to clap for that. And I think it was the first A24 film I ever saw. Um, I think it's mine too. When the, it came out in 2014, um, it was didn't come out in the states till like 2015. Right. Uh, just keep that in mind too, because it was. I think it was like in the festival circuit, like mm-hmm. at the end of 14, and then. Beginning of 2015, it actually was released in other places. I want to say it definitely was one of them. I think my first was Tusk, actually. Because <laughs> so I think that came out before. I think it did. I could be wrong. Okay. Like, you talk about A24 these days, you know, they're killing it. All these, like, super original, but also super, like, wonderful films. Best Picture winners with Moonlight, for example. Even though La La Land tried to take it. Stupid La La Land. Uh, <laughs> hey at least la la land was like wait a minute wait a minute here you <laughs> like, go guys <laughs> like i do i still remember the producers like moonlight that one best picture okay take the oscar and we're like oh that's that's a, that's a nice sentiment and then they're like no no they actually won they <laughs> actually won and then warren Beatty's just like i'm trying to I'm trying to... Can someone listen? I'm trying... Hello? I'm trying to... We read it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you just see it in the background. And there's just so... Oh, it's that's funny. But um, A24, like, good or, good movies or bad movies, like, the guy... Those, the, that company has been just, just producing so many original movies. Whenever they make a movie, you have to pay attention to what that movie is. I, I want to see more of their stuff, because I haven't seen a lot of it, admittedly, but it's, it's definitely one of those things where... You hear about the, like their reputation, and yeah. I, I know people who just have like the complete A twenty four library on their shelves. You know, like it's one of the, like sort of like the last like ba- bastions of like, I guess sort of independent ish filmmaking. You know, th- ideas that are like truly some stuff that's like truly kind of out there. Like no other studio would put out a black and white movie that isn't widescreen, where well, it's just two people. It's Green Goblin. And Batman, like, having a weird psychotic break, but also somewhat of, like, a romantic kind of situation. That's a, that's a crazy, crazy... And you know what? My mom thought that was a good movie, uh, by the way, Lighthouse, The Lighthouse. It's a great movie. It, it is a great if movie. You, if you haven't seen The Lighthouse, you need to see it. Dude, there's, like like you are saying, there's so many great movies. There's, uh, there's Lighthouse, Good Time is Great, Eighth Grade... I really like the. I know people ha, are kind of split with this one because of just how it was presented, but the witch I really liked, uh-huh. or the witch, <laughs> the witch. Um, it's just like I said, there's so many hereditary Tony Collette, uh, Tony Collette, who I think is like in every, in every A twenty four movie. I think it's just the the. I think that's just a fact. I don't think she actually is, but I think I think somehow she's involved. It's just a running joke that we have with (laughs) (laughs) like tony collette played both robert pattinson and willem dafoe in this movie just of course it happened that great of a talent but going getting away from the highly versatile tony collette 
We have Ex Machina. Ex Machina. Ex Machina. I first saw this on Blu-ray because Suncoast had it on Blu-ray for like 10 bucks. And I'm like, hell yeah. Bought it for 10 bucks. Brought it home. And I was like, it knocked my socks off. But I I hadn't seen it in like five years. So I was so glad. Thanks, Allie, that for letting me dust off my Blu-ray copy. Because it's literally just been sitting there for five (laughs) years. In probably the same spot. I had to move like my Dave Batista Funko Pop out of the way to, to, to pull it out. So... Dave Batista is in the way. Okay, we're trying to watch this movie. Yeah, he was trying to say he was trying to say to me, "This movie is not ripe. This movie has not been ripe yet." I'm surprised you saw him though. Like I th- like that he like you saw that he was in front of it. I'm surprised that he that you could actually see him. Yeah, I'm pretty good like that. I, I got I got good eyesight. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but um I'm actually somewhat of a fan. Like it's it's kind of a growing thing, but I'm becoming more of a fan of Alex Garland. He cuz he wrote and and according to Carl Urban pretty much directed the uh that Dread movie. Do you remember that movie? Do you see that? I Dread? I have seen it. Yes, and I do own it. It's good good movie. That movie like knocked my socks off. And uh it's so fun. It's so and it's such a like a great like uh, adaptation of of the comic, and so I wanted to see what more Alex Garland had to do uh, as time went on. And this was his. This is actually his very first film that he ever directed, like officially. So his director, technically his directorial debut. Yes, um, he'd mo- he'd mostly been a screenwriter, uh, like he did, like he did Dread, and he did uh, a movie with Andrew Garfield called like let like some I forget what it's called, like Nowhere or something. Uh, this is his first like directorial debut, and since then he's done this. He did a movie called Annihilation, which is really good. It's very like H.P. Lovecraft kind of movie with Natalie Portman, and uh, he has a show on Hulu called Devs, which I haven't seen. And I really want to watch it. So, this movie we have General Hux gets randomly, sele- randomly in air quotes, <laughs> selected to go to his boss's like paradise paradise retreat. It looks like underground bunker <laughs> slash like weird area like elaborate mansion elaborate underground mansion he needs him to perform a you know sort of a turing test uh, of sorts on on his new artificial intelligence ava and who 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 is general hux's boss uh poe dameron <laughs> poe dameron's his boss <laughs> <laughs> I love I love that like the first movie we talk about we're like oh it's Joker and he's best friends with Lois Lane and he, he's uh <laughs> he's dating Black Widow's voice and and, and Star Lord's got a foot fetish yeah <laughs> and in this movie it's like G- General Hux gets psychologically gaslit by uh <laughs> uh by <laughs> by Poe Dameron <laughs> oh my god oof. I mean, I guess there's no other way to be gaslit, but, you know, there you go. But that's pretty much the premise, is that Caleb is his name in the movie. Uh, Dom Hold Gleason's character, Caleb, he's a coder, and uh, he's performing a Turing test on Ava, played by uh, Alicia Vikander. And it's, like like we were saying, like, the premise is kind of similar. Like, there's not, like, an outright Turing test, because uh, with uh, Joaquin and Samantha. Uh, with this, it's, like, literally the whole point of the movie like there's even like session one session two session three as they're going on it's way more about the mechanics of that sort of thing than her is when i was watching her i was surprised how much more they went into some of the os stuff but even then like this movie gets into 
more of the the nitty gritty and of how do this stuff works and it doesn't take away from the movie at all it just like no that's more of because it is much like they're both in a way science fiction movies but this is much more of like you know the ideas science fiction thinking about um you know technology and things and our relationship with artificial intelligence and consciousness and all that right and i and i like the the idea of how they do the Turing test, because if you don't, for those of you who don't know what a Turing test is, it's essentially a test to determine whether or not a computer has artificial intelligence. You do that by kind of like closing yourself off and you listen to the computer talk. And if you can tell that it's that it's just kind of like fake, then it doesn't pass. But if it convinces you that it's that it's got an artificial intelligence, then it passes. In this case, Caleb and Ava, Caleb knows from the jump that she's a robot, that she's not real. And yet they're still trying to see if she can still pass off as human through the artificial intelligence that she was given by um, Nathan, who is uh, Poe Dameron or <laughs> Oscar Isaac. Mm-hmm. And so I, I thought that was kind of a, like, you don't really see that, admittedly. I mean, not like outright. It's, it was kind of an interesting like way to change it up a little bit. It actually, there, there's sort of encounters and all that. It really makes me think of the original Blade Runner when he has to perform the, the test on, uh, when Harrison Ford's character of Deckard has to perform the test on Rachel. On the replicants? On, on the replicants. But at first it's so funny because he's just like, because the guy's just like, you know, does, let, let's, let, let me see, uh, let me say you tested on a human, an actual human. He, he leads him on to thinking this is a person is just like, uh, uh-uh. uh, right. It, no, that is a good. That is a really good point. It kind of feels like that scene is a movie. It's actually funny to think, like you know what, like you could almost pair some of these with some of the Blade Runner movies as well. I'd be totally okay with that. I mean, we already did this episode, but you know, maybe if we decide to revisit anything, that would be interesting to do. If you folks, you know, need some sort of viewing on like a Saturday or whatever, you have a day off, definitely take these recommendations. You know, it's not just us watching these movies; it's also for you guys to utilize this as like you know. A movie recommendations oh without doubt for sure i gotta say like talk about a- ava uh, alicia vikander she's a great actress but like this is i think one of her best performances this is my favorite this is my favorite of her performances she exudes like this very much this like sense of innocence but then like on the drop of a dime could be threatening and it happens so seamlessly and so quick that you don't question it she's so good just everything about it is so good. I, I can't I can't talk enough of it. And speaking of performances, I, I I have to mention why is it that outside of Star Wars, Oscar Isaac is a dick in everything. <laughs> 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 like even in Star Wars, he's kind of a dick, but in like uh, in this movie, he's a real like he's a genuine asshole. But in, <laughs> and like even in like Inside Lewin Davis, he's kind of a dick. Like there's that whole scene when they're playing the song, and he's like saying, "Who wrote this?" And Justin Timberlake's like, "I wrote it." And he's like, "Oh well, you know, it's it's, it's not bad." <laughs> Oscar Isaac is so is so good in this movie. He's so good. It, where where he's just like like whatever like 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 what's his face? Uh, Caleb says like a quote, and he's just like, "Oh yeah, you're you're Mister Quotable." <laughs> Like there he goes again, Mister Quotable. Oh, but let's wait. And like any time, wait the the oh, before anything. Go ahead, go ahead. The go menacing ahead. dance moves that he that he does in that one scene. Oh, oh my God! Just like oh, uh, okay. So let, let's let's paint let's let's paint a picture here. Let's set the scene. So Caleb and 
Nathan are at this point where they're they're kind of uh, it's it's they're kind of like arguing basically, right? And like like or like uh, he's about to use the phone. Isn't that the scene where he where he's like going into his office or whatever? I believe it is. Yeah. Um. The uh. One of the uh. Like he. There's like a. I guess like an assistant or whatever that like roams around and we don't really know much about her at first but she kind of roams around and like serves drinks to nathan and caleb and there's a point where she starts like undressing and he's like no 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 what are you doing what are you doing and then uh oscar isaac just comes in like drunk he's drunk in the movie a lot mm-hmm. <laughs> he's, he's constantly like because that's you know that's the noise people make when they're drunk i guess uh, he switches the lights up and then he starts dancing with her and it's synchronized the music's fun, like they're bopping, the, the, the scenery's great, but there's just something sinister about it. And like the red the, the the pure red lights that just like soak everybody and just the like the fact that it's synchronized, it like it's 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 kind of alarming. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things I really like about this movie is that when they're outside there's such like an open like air quality to it, and when you're in those the bunker area where you know the bedroom and all the other like parts of the facility it feels so claustrophobic and you feel so trapped oh my God, yeah. you know whenever like the lockdown scene happens and you see those red flashing lights you're just like oh no it it freaks you out like he's in his bedroom the first time it happens and he can't leave his room and i'm like oh my god if that was me i would die <laughs> it's like i like all right well i'm just going to have to just just have to eat myself because I'm not gonna be able to leave this room. Just start with my arm. <laughs> that was that. No, you're right. Like especially because it's underground. Yes. And the elevator only goes further into the ground because there's an elevator in the. So, like it just continually makes you feel trapped. And I think that works because obviously that's one of the big elements of Ava's characters that she is she is trapped. She's she's just in that glass room the entire time and that's kind of her motivation that's kind of the, the thing for her for motivating her to to do what she does in the film without without spoiling too much but um things get crazy things do get crazy in this movie the visual effects in this movie are really well done and this won the oscar for visual effects and this was a 15 million dollar movie 15 million dollar movie like just think about that it deserves everything just the first time you see ava if you haven't seen the movie, essentially, it's Alicia Vikander's face, hands, and feet, but everything else is mechanical. And she has this, like, kind of gray mesh um, on her on her chest, but then, like, her whole midriff and her legs and her arms are just super clear, like, like kind of, like, uh, plastique or glass or something. And you see all the wires, and you see all, like, the, like, her, I guess, the her organs, yeah. her robot organs. And the way that they were able to achieve that with the, with the effects is astonishing. Like, it is, you look at, like, it's, it's hard not to appreciate it. Even when you just see, like, the metal plating on, on her, I guess, her, her skull, mm-hmm. when you see the back of her head, like, it's all, fant- like, the way it's done is fantastic. Going off of her a bit, these are, I think it's a very good pairing, but they're both very different movies with a a semi-similar concept like her like you were saying is a much more optimistic movie and this is very cynical oh yeah hers much more sweet and this one's much more like 
I don't want to say spicy, but like bitter. Yeah, bitter is a good word for it. It was funny because I was thinking about this when we were kind of coming up with our topics in that we we, were, we look at um, our last episode and we talk about how a lot of those kind of space those like alien invasion movies happened because there was a there was a fear of you know space travel and what could be in space and you know, that was that was kind of a uh, like part of the zeitgeist of that time. Then we jump to our modern times, especially in like the early t- 2010s with like the evolution of technology, this idea of artificial intelligence. And you, we've seen all these movies that illustrate like the fears that some people have about artificial intelligence and how it could like impact us down. Like, not to say that robots will ever like, I mean, there are robots, obviously, but like not to say that any of that could happen anytime soon. But I'll say this much. I am afraid to meet Alicia Vikander in pub- and, and, and and just in normal. Like if if down the line <laughs> things get normal and I ever see her in person, I'm like, listen, I've seen Ex Machina. I know what's up. I know what's get- no. <laughs> then Michael Fassbender appears behind me and tries to like kill me because he thinks I'm because he's a Spartan. Like this is Sparta. <laughs> he like tries to no. <laughs> <laughs> I also forget that he's in 300 sometimes, just a yeah, side Yeah, 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 yeah. The movie definitely reflects um, the fears that I think people have with artificial intelligence and how it could react or how it could change things or how it could impact the world. And this is definitely one of those movies that illustrates the fear aspect of it. Joey, I have a question. What? Are you a robot? Oh. You just be honest. Are you a I, robot? You I haven't the faintest idea. I won't be upset. Though I'm not gonna cut myself open. Poke your poke your arm. Poke. Does it feel metal? No. Okay, I guess I can trust you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but with this movie, one of the big components too is that this is a Frankenstein story. You have the creator, mad scientist. In in this case, it is the the alcoholic. Uh, Nathan. The dickish alcoholic Nathan. He just views Ava as like a next step and it's just it's kind of interesting to look at it that way because you know Caleb is just like you know oh well I thought this was like the final step or the first. He's like no 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 there's been a bunch before her and I'm just going to take what I learned from her and basically scrap this and go to the next uh, go to the next model basically essentially (laughs) so it, it really like it just plays with, like with consciousness what what make you know hum, what's humanity because one of the other things too they focus on is like almost like sexuality and like yeah what's his, his character uh Nathan ar- argues that it would be impossible for him not to craft a conscious like that without some basis in sexuality yeah and then Caleb kind of brings this uh this idea that at least in the case of the test that it would be cheating if he were to if he were to have like Ava flirt with him during the test mm-hmm. and uh he essentially is like you know like she's a robot you know why does she need a gender you could just make her a gray box and then you know uh Nathan just goes well can a can can there be like a, an intimate uh connection between a gray box and another gray box right which is funny cuz it almost feels like an exact like you know it's almost it almost feels like it's um uh, I guess downplaying or almost backhanding the first movie, like uh, her, because that's kind of the whole thing is that you know Scarlett Johansson doesn't have a body; she's just a little red pocketbook with a camera on it or something. Mm-hmm. And then here's Oscar Isaac going, "No, that's not how that works." Yeah, <laughs> I, 
I, I, it's interesting to think that, like, you know, he's basically downplaying that, like, you know, great box you can't have an intimate relationship with. And then here's Joaquin Phoenix going, hold my beer. Or hold my kombucha. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what he trick. <laughs> but no, there is, like, that, that is an interesting thing. Because there, there is a bit of a romantic aspect to it. Because as the movie plays out, Caleb clearly starts to fall in love with Ava. And starts to have feelings for her. Yeah. There's even that, it's actually kind of a really, like, somewhat moving scene where um, we see Alicia Vikander, um, who we typically have seen up to this point just in like her like as a robot with her with a with a human face um she goes to this closet and she puts on uh, a dress stockings uh wig to look uh, to make herself look more like a human and so it really at that point it really starts to like sink in with caleb that yeah maybe he is in love with her yeah but i also i gotta say i i love like how like like, like some of the some of the twists and turns this movie takes like toward towards the end Oh my god! <laughs> it gets it gets kind of violent at times too. Like there's even, oh my god, when when Caleb finds the uh, like the when he sneaks into Nathan's room and sees all the like camera footage of the the other uh, robots, the other subjects. Oh yeah. Oh, like there's that one where one of them is like clearly wanting to escape, and uh, she starts like punching the door, and her arms start like falling off. Mm. And it just becomes like, oh, what I saw, I, I remember seeing that and just going, I felt so bad. Yeah. Like, just clearly, like, going so far. It's like when you see in movies sometimes of, like, someone scratching at a door to the point of drawing blood, and they just keep going. Mm. It's an, it's intense. Yeah, it it is pretty, pr- pretty uh, crazy. But it's also w- interesting with these um with these characters uh our two main characters from both movies theodore and uh caleb caleb has no other like family connections or anything he doesn't have parents you know he doesn't have a girlfriend he doesn't have anything like that he is lonely he's a loner guy he's a loner guy and then theodore in the other movie is is a lonesome person but also has had a whole life and also has had all these other connections I i mean he goes to like uh, these part he goes to parties and things uh it, you know like he he interacts he has friends one of them's the reverse flash i mean yeah. <laughs> um but no you're right like with caleb he he clearly i almost would argue he hasn't really like i'm sure he has work friends from working where he does but you don't really see him actually having any kind of social interaction or even like you almost can argue that he didn't have a life at all um before we meet him when you think about like the average person would they really go what what is it like a week that they that they go to this like it's like retreat or like two yeah, weeks something yeah, crazy like that he gives them he give he i think i think he get i think he's like within the next week or so or something i don't i know he says it but i forget but within a week he's he's isolated he's in this bunker all he has is uh, a uh, a robot and a drunk to talk to. <laughs> yeah, and he has to he has to go from like the helicopter and walk walk follow the down river to get to the person's place and there's so many security protocols that he has to follow. And he, and he accepts it. Like there's a moment of hesitancy at yeah. first from him, but like he's just like, "Okay. Okay." He's like, "All right, I guess so." I mean, plus the helicopter's already gone, so it's not like he can be like, "Crap. I'm stuck here now." <laughs> 
Yeah, but the, even then, the helicopter guy told him, well, just to let you know, you gotta go downriver. And he's like, oh boy. Uh, why did I, why did I wear a suit? <laughs> I should have. At least he had sneakers. At least I noticed that he wore his New Balances. Yeah, that's important to have. You got to be comfortable in your footwear. You know, it's it's funny we talk about like being him being in isolation and kind of being locked down. Again, it's another freaking instance that reminds me of everything going on right now. Mm-hmm. And it have it's. It happens every single time, I think, now. Um, just, you know, being... Granted, we could leave our houses just, you know, safely. And we got we got knobs on our doors and all that, so... We don't we don't need a key card with spe- special access to get certain places. And at least... I mean, neither of us have to deal with a Nathan. So that's good. This is true. One of the other crazy things, too, is the idea... Like, this movie deals with, like, your, your search history as well so your, your information oh yeah because he just discloses his information at first he signs the non-disclosure agreement um caleb and he had like uh nathan has all the uh, access to information it's just like it would, like perfectly tailor you know that experience with ava to his um his inklings his desires right even just the fact that he asked him like did you design ava's face after my 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 pornography searches and and then he just kind of goes <laughs> and so you're like oh my god he totally did <laughs> he totally did and that was i remember seeing that in theaters and going oh my god and it made me think of the dark knight there's that one scene where um at the end of the movie he has that big old like computer that has access to like all the cell phones in gotham city or like all this like pretty much all the different like you know what i remember yes. that Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, and like, and like, the first thing Lucius Fox says is, "This is it's beautiful, but it's incredibly unethical and dangerous." You know, I can't, we can't have this at uh, Wayne Enterprises. And then you look at this movie, and then Caleb, or not Caleb, but Nathan, just freely goes, "Yeah, I just, I just hacked into like everyone's search history and made an AI out of it." And you're like, "What a dick!" <laughs> That's so he's just getting into all our private stuff and he's like ah could you imagine if he made a robot based on our google search history i don't even want that'd be a weird robot i I don't (laughs) want to think about it but point point b it would buy hot toys a lot oh my god and wonder and wonder what the coronavirus numbers are that's about it for me yeah yeah oh man but I think both of these movies, it's a really, um, it's a really great pairing of two sci- science fiction movies that go about a similar concept in very, uh, very different ways, and their writer writer directors are able to um, craft something that's really interesting and definitely very relevant for our, our time, like with social media, with our uh, we just said search history, but also like artificial intelligence and what's a human what's consciousness and all that all that junk and at the end of the day i i mean i thoroughly enjoyed both movies and i have to thank ali for giving us our very first listener suggested uh episode of two dudes and so i will pose this question to others if there is a double feature you would like us to do if any come to mind or anything interesting that you would like to see us talk about please on our socials uh comments areas anywhere let us know and we will we will take a look 
Alright, that said, folks, this was a lot of fun to record. Richard, as always, it's a lot of fun co-hosting this with you. Uh, tune in next week, folks. Aww. And also, massive thank you to Brian from Idaho, as always. You're just a beautiful person. As always. As always. Have a good night, everyone. <laughs>